and welcome to Connectivity 231. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and today I'm joined by Andrew Brown. G'day. And Zachary Miller. Howdy. And today we're going to be talking about the Senran Kagura, Kagura, Kagura games. Kagura. Um, uh, I've heard both. <laughs> in, uh, you know, the... Maybe not a lot of people really have delved into looking at these games or like finding out like a bit about them and stuff. So I thought it'd be a good idea to like have a good like in-depth look at some of their some of the games and what people like about them, what they don't like about them, and who better than to get the two biggest fans probably on the NWR staff, uh, Zach and Andrew. So I guess we'll kick things off by going all the way back to like the first game or the, or the first time you guys picked one up and gave it a go. What what was that game and what did you think about it? Right. I believe Andrew reviewed the first game. I did, uh, technically. Um, so essentially what the series is, uh, at least the main line in the games in the series, it's sort of like a Double Dragon style side-scrolling beat-em-up type game. Um the first game in the series was actually uh, released in Japan only, uh, 2011, I think. Uh, I think it was called Senran Kagura Skirting Shadows, and it involved... Uh, there's there's these five students that go to an... Uh, like a, a high school slash ninja, ninja school. Academy. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much high school age, but it's like a school for ninjas. And it talks about their lives as they go through their, their training regime and their, like, is it their finals during the, the events of the game? I, I've... I don't know, actually. It's been a long time since I played the first game. Yeah. Essentially, it's called the, uh, uh, what is it? The Hibijo. Hibijo? Is that the, the good guys? Hibijo Academy. Yep. That's right. Yeah, the Hibijo girls, and they, they for for the first time they find these girls from a an evil rival school of uh, ninja girls, um, right? And uh, it goes through the stories of like how they interact and how they uh, how they feel about meeting girls from other schools and uh, coming to reality with the uh, uh, what it means to to have to fight these other girls and possibly making friends with people that you're going to have to kill and things like that. Oh, also. Sorry, I'm an idiot. It's the, the bad guy's school is Hibijo. That's what I thought. The good guy's school. Good guy's school is, hold on a second, Hanzo. Yeah, Hanzo National Academy and the Hibijo yeah. clandest- clandestine something or other. Girls Academy. Yeah. There we go. Um, There's too many names in this series. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, after the the success of the first game, like uh, they showed the initial Japanese trailers, and I'm like, damn, I'm gonna play that. It's it's anime girls, it's boobies. I'm gonna be all over that. And then um, it wasn't gonna be announced for uh, English translation until they made like a, a 1.5 version of the game. That's the one I got to review, which was uh, Senran Kagura uh, Burst. Burst. Yes. Burst. Which is, which is, I believe it's a compilation of the first two games in Japan, uh, which were released, I want to say, a year apart. Yeah, so it contained the entire story of the first game, and then it had an additional story mode where you play as the Heavy Joe Evil Girls, and it had uh, connecting storylines that interweave, and then they had their own little missions and uh, uh, different plots that would revolve around the two different schools, and then it would all, like, 
uh, combined together by the end of the game. So you got your chance of playing both the good girls and the evil girls and uh, learning their different skills and their different personalities and everything like that. So was yep. the first game... Did the series like start with the 3DS or was it on the DS, normal DS? The 3DS. Okay. I think 3DS. In, in, according to Legend, the series producer, whose name I don't remember, uh, said that he thought for five minutes about what game to develop on the 3DS and he figured people would want to see 3D animated boobs. <laughs> I don't doubt that. It wasn't long after the announcement of the 3DS that they had that initial trailer and it, it focused just on yep. boobs bouncing on the screen in so, stereoscopic I could not be- What can I use this 3 I could 3D not for? believe <laughs> I could not believe it was, it was localized. That was a huge shock to me. Mm-hmm. So when when people see the trailers, that's pretty much all they focus on. That's th- that's what they play it up as. That's generally what it is. But it goes beyond that. There's there's a couple of layers into the the game there beyond just the the blatant fan service. See, and that's why I, I wanted to talk a bit about it today because that's generally what you see on like the generalized internet and like sort of vague opinions from people that probably haven't you know touched the games and stuff. That's generally what you see um, thrown around. So. So yeah, let's get into some of the more like specifics about you know aside once you get past the 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 fan service and the general like look of the games and stuff, what is there underneath here? Well, there's a lot of uh, the thing I think is the game's strongest suit, more so than even the gameplay, is the writing and the localization. Uh, it it every every one of the at this point, there's like 36, maybe 40 girls has a very clearly defined personality and uh, interests and motivations. And there's, a, a, I don't want to say a large, but a, a big part of the games is kind of a visual novel aspect where you're uh, reading one girl's storyline or, or the storyline of that school and it it it's effective. I mean, it's it's a really good, surprisingly well done story. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, from the get go, like the first time you meet each of the characters, they seem to be the clearly defined, like uh, for lack of a better term, waifu tropes. You see each of the different characters, oh, yeah. like the, each of the different characters and their own personalities and everything like that. And it's like, okay, so that one's the the bookish one. That one's the tsundere one. That's like. Uh, she, she pretends to be, like, uh, super stuck up and violent, whereas, like, she's just hiding her emotions. There's the, the one that mm-hmm. looks like a little kid that's pissed off at everyone for treating her as such. Uh, there's the, the ditzy, cutesy one that loves animals, so forth. And it's like, you can clearly right. see these are all anime tropes on every single character. But then, when you delve into the story and you start learning how they play off each other and, and how the story develops and how they react to certain scenarios, especially towards the, the end of each of the games where it starts getting really violent and uh, it, it gets quite dark in the stories. Some morality comes up. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's quite a bit of uh, uh, personal sacrifices that each of them have to make and coming to terms with what how, how far they're willing to go to complete their missions and to uh, uh, essentially pass get passing grades from their their like ninja leader uh, teachers that ha- they have in each of the schools, 
and yeah. what they're willing to do to to essentially survive. And there's there's often quite scenarios and situations where uh, it, it's a really a matter of life or death. It is a ninja story after all, and it's uh, finding out how some of these girls react or the the motivations behind them, their their individual pasts, and what put them into the the positions they're in to be able to study at this school and learn what they do. It's uh, you learn quite a lot about each of the scenarios, and they're they're really not as shallow as initially appearing. No, and then what? Uh, luckily, uh, I don't know if Burst had this. Maybe Burst did. Did Burst have like little bonus missions for individual girls? I think it did. Like every every three or four missions, uh, there would be like the overall story going ahead. And then there would be one uh, mission that focuses on one particular character, and like okay. it's like yeah, that's right. I'm going to go buy ramen for lunch, and it's like uh, yeah. So there, there's some lightness. I mean, they, it's not all dark and and uh, depressing story. There's there's a lot of oh, this is kind of funny stuff to balance it out. Yeah, as you'd expect, kind of just you know from the general pictures and stuff you see, like it, it is it is also tongue in cheek in a lot, of, a lot of ways. I assume, like oh yeah, absolutely. Um, then there was the, uh, I think the next game in the series was Estival Versus that was on, originally on the Vita? Shinobi. Shinobi? Shinobi. Oh, really? Yeah, on the Vita. Um, yep, it was, let me see, when it was, when it came out here, 2014. Um, and it is, uh, similar, it introduces two new schools, um, I'm not gonna look at what they're called right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guessing Girls Academy and what's this one? Actually, it's Habijo. The 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 five new girls take over Habijo because the Homura's group goes off on their own. Uh, so it's it's actually just one new school and oh and, uh, right the the bad guys from the first game just kind of go off and become a rogue group. Um, but anyway, uh, Sh- Shinobi versus is. Uh, more of a 3D. Uh, it's more of a Muso game, where you're just fighting wave after wave of enemies, and then you fight a boss, and the boss is always another girl from a rival school. Um, so is this like a spin, uh, or is this like the next like mainline game? Like, I think it ties it, into the overall it's story. Hard to tell but because <laughs> like like do. From game to game, does the gameplay style change, or like you know, like is there they explore various different types of gameplay? Is that like a thing for the series? They're all beat 'em ups. Yeah. Uh, the difference is the perspective. Mm. The first game is kind of always from the side. Yeah. Uh, the the Vita games are always three D. You can move the camera wherever, and there's a lot of platforming. And the the sequel. Is sort of a mix of both. Yeah, sort of a mix of both with a fixed camera that doesn't always work. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, the, so the Vita games they do take place within the same continuity as the 3DS games, but they're very obviously side stories. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I never played the uh, uh, Shinobi or Estival versus games. Okay. Well, aside from introducing the new characters, uh, they don't do a lot to move the story forward. The, the story, you know, supposedly is 
these girls are training to fight uh, Japanese demons, uh, Yoma. Yep. And that's in in the first game they they don't fight any except the final boss. It just comes comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> but the second game is all about fighting Yoma. Yeah. Um, Moving forward with that one, um, Senran Kagura Two Deep Crimson. It's I, I think it starts off immediately after the first game, leads into a little bit of the the Shinobi versus. Uh, essentially, the first uh, chapter of the game would be like a recap of the final moments of the first game, and then it goes right. into like the, a bit of the backstory of why the the Heavy Joe girls broke off from their school. They quit their school. They they lived in a cave for a while. I I don't know if that's still a thing. Yeah. Um, and then they they started training for themselves to become strong for their for their own purposes in life, whereas the the school that they came from started to employ evil people, like, even more evil than they purported to be. Right. Um, Genuinely evil people. <laughs> and and um, uh, then it, it introduces into the Yoma, and they go start traveling Japan and fighting demons. Like, the, uh, the Hanzo girls go on, like, a, a field trip to, uh, what is it, Kyoto, where all the, the temples and shrines are. And mm-hmm. uh, they start meeting these demons, and it develops into, like, where are these demons coming from? And... How do we stop them? And going forward from that, and then there's a bunch of spin-off games. And it, but and then Senran, sorry, uh, Deep Crimson also introduces <clears throat> a girl whose name is actually Kagura, uh, who is was like born and raised only to fight demons. Oh yeah. Uh, but then she, after the demonic invasion is quelled, she dies. It's not really clear what happens. But she's reborn next time there's a demonic invasion. Uh, so it introduces her, and what's weird is that she has nothing to do with the Vita game. She is in them as DLC, but that's all. Huh. I think we should take a step back here and uh, and talk about, like, what makes these games unique. I mean, it is beat-em-up, it is ninjas, but essentially what... The, the, the selling point of the game, especially in Japan, is that each of the characters, as you're fighting and playing through the levels, they have their health bar... They have their attack bar of, like, uh, they build up power and they can unleash special moves and things like that. But the characters also have a clothing health bar in this series. (laughs) And so if they take enough damage, their clothes get more and more shredded and ripped until eventually they'll fly right off and the girls will be in their unmentionables. And at at that point, uh, what is it? They they can do their, their best ninja moves, but they take more damage... Generally, uh, that is an that is an optional uh, mode when you start a mission. You can go into frantic oh, yeah. mode, which like zeroes your defense, but you're only in a bikini or something, so your attack goes way up. Uh, but what in during normal play, if your clothing gets shredded, your defense just drop takes a big drop. That's right, and then you can transform into like a. The, the ninja or the shinobi version of, of your character. Right. Each character has two the uniforms. superhero costume. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't actually unleash any special moves unless you're in that, that shinobi, uh, outfit for yourself. So until then, it's just building up your power and fighting the way you do until it's like time to get serious. Right. Yeah. And your health, uh, regenerates when you hit that transformation, which is nice. Yeah. So there's, even though it's, it is fan service, there's, there's sort of a strategy towards using it. And it's like, okay, it's time to get naked. Gotta 
beat this boss <laughs> or whatever it is that you're doing in the mission. Yeah. So do you, like, choose your character at the start of each level or do you have to, like, manage a team or is it just sort of chosen for you or how does that work? Uh, it's chosen for you the first time you do a mission. Oh, okay. Uh, but then you can replay any mission with any character that you've played as already. Mm. Yeah, and each it, it's got some RPG elements to it. Each character has their own set of uh, experience that you can level up and build up their abilities and uh, ultimately unlock new attacks and uh, new right. outfits for yourself and everything like that. And so if you if you prioritize like replaying old missions with one character, you're going to be screwed by the end of the game because you need to make sure you level up everyone evenly or right. uh, as evenly as you can. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And also, there's a there's they've um, uh, improved on it over the games, and they've emphasized it more. Uh, you can customize your character's outfit, like all three of their outfits. Um, you unlock you're, you're constantly unlocking new clothing options, and there's a big. Uh, I, I don't spend too much time on it, but there's a big customization option, and, and they'll look like that in cinema scenes and. It seems to get bigger yeah. in each game with that uh, the amount of options. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the three outfits essentially that's you can pick their uh, what is essentially their schoolgirl uniform, which is their normal clothing, their shinobi uniform, which is the superhero outfit, and their usually their bikini as well, or their underwear or lack thereof. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and um, what's interesting, I just found out this. Um, there's the the Steam version of Bon Appetit, which is a rhythm game we might talk about later, um, has, like, even more clothing options than the Vita version. Wow. Yeah. So they're really emphasizing it, and I think they're really going to emphasize it in Peach Beach, too. Is that the new Switch one is coming, or is that a different game? This Peach Beach is an upcoming PS4 game. It's kind of their answer to Splatoon. It looks very much like Splatoon. Yeah, with water guns instead of paint guns. Yeah, yeah, there's there's been a ton of spin-offs, and this this series is only like what is it now six seven years old all up, including the (laughs) the Japanese games that originally came out. I think so. Yeah, and there's been a couple mobile games over there. And it's it's just, and just we got... absolutely exploded. There was an anime series. Oh, was there? I didn't know that. There was it. I'm not surprised. It, it recaps the original game. I think it goes a bit into bursts uh, into um, uh, Deep Crimson. Okay, I might look that up. It's got the same. And then uh, and then go on. Bon Appetit came out on Vita and Steam, and it's a rhythm game that is really hard. I haven't played it. I've seen a trailer of them making cakes. And uh, how does the ninja theme play into that? Do they like battle for the food? Uh, or? It really doesn't. They're they're both. You're in a, a kind of a bake off with another girl to try and see who makes the best dish, which just means how accurate can you be with your rhythm, button press tapping. Right. So it, it it's not great. <laughs> but it's I'm close to a platinum, so I'm just gonna finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was that. There was the uh, the v- yeah the Vita games and the PS3 and PS4 games. The 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 Muso style games. 
Peach. I don't think it came to PS3, did it? Uh, wasn't Estival Versus on PS3 as well as Vita? Oh, could be. I know it was on PS4. Huh. I don't know, actually. They seem to love it re-releasing the games. Tax, it, it would not tax the PS3. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, there's there's really only four main four main games in the series, and then there's all these the mobile and the Vita spinoffs. Yeah. So, have you guys played all the main ones then, basically? Which is essentially 1 and 2 on the 3DS, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah, and I've played all the other ones because I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> How many figurines I do you have? I have my little, my little Senran shrine. I only have Katsurugi uh, because uh, you'd be surprised. You'd think that with a cast like this, the figure market would be skyrocketing, but there are very few quality figures. There's another one coming up of uh, uh, Yumi soon. She's the ice princess. And uh, really thinking about getting that one. But I want to see photos of the released version. I've seen a few... Got to hold out for the Amiibo versions. (laughs) Yes. That would be interesting. I I think there's been like uh, at least two or three figure lines from different manufacturers uh, based on the the majority of the mainline series games. I think... Uh, I'm sure. It was... Uh, this this plays into the whole style of the games. It was like a, an unprecedented new manufacturing of figurines in Japan. I'm pretty sure it was... Uh, it was official or it was officially created for this game. But they introduced a new type of resin that would allow figurines to have actual soft, squishable boobs. Right. Which they did for... Uh, that is correct. Asuka and Homura, the two main characters from the the good and bad schools in the first two games. And uh, yep. I-, I believe the, the, the photos they had for the original uh, announcement line had them, like, squishing SD cards between their boobs or holding pencils and things like that. Awesome. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> ah, that sounds so dumb, but so good. It it matches with the style of the games completely. You just take it completely it ridiculously over the top with the fan service. Hmm. Uh, the you know the when they um I said earlier they get naked if they take enough damage in the latest games, but that's not totally true because in the in Center in Deep Crimson. Uh, their unmentionables are hidden by chibi faces of themselves. And in the Vita games, they're just bright yellow lights. Hmm. So TV network censorship style. Right. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I like don't the see chibi them, faces. Them, they're pretty funny. I don't see them going all the way with that stuff. <laughs> I mean, their no, games would either. not be coming out then, would they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably not. So uh, that, uh, Deep Crimson, actually, some DLC. There, there was a good amount of DLC for Deep Crimson, and one of the uh, DLC options was to mess around with their cup sizes, which looks really weird mm, when you do it. Mm. I think one of the, the DLC storylines was about there's, there's one girl, Mirai. That's, that's the one who everyone treats like a kid. Uh, she's right. naturally short, naturally wireframe, and everything like that. She's completely obsessed with being as buxom as the other girls. As you do, it's Japan. It's anime. Right. Um, and there's an entire storyline around her finding a spell that allows her to in- increase her, her cup size 
by uh, is, does she steal it from the other girls? I think no. She she doesn't realize that when she increases hers, it increases everyone else's too. All right. Um. So by the by the end of that that story, it's you're basically basketballs people attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so stupid. <clears throat> and did you get the the Murasame, the male character? I did, yeah. Um, uh, you get him for having saved data from the first game, and through a really weirdly complicated process. Mm. He doesn't just unlock if you have saved data. You have to do some. You have to do some stuff. At least over here, you do. Yeah, you had to enter into the game and go into a special menu and choose to download something else. I don't remember how right. it goes, but yeah, I yeah. everyone had difficulty. I remember seeing forums. Of, how do you get this guy? Unless you actually pay for him. But, uh, right. uh, yeah, the first male character in the series was in the, the, technically the third game, which is listed as two in the continuity. Um, <laughs> he's essentially like the, the gag character. He's, uh, a complete klutz. He usually injures himself with the weapons that he uses. Um, I think he uses a ball and chain? Is it? Yeah. Something like that. It, there's a chain involved. Yeah, it might be one of those, um, I forgot the name of them, the, the nunchuck things with the blade on the end. Oh, that's probably right, yeah. K- yeah, I think Kusari they're right. Gamas, I think they're called. Um, but, uh, there's, there's also been other DLC characters. Uh, there's a lot of crossover with other game series at the moment. There's been a lot of, uh, uh what was it, the Senran Kagura costumes oh, yeah. appearing in. Yeah, this, in Dead or Alive 5. Yeah. And- um, Ayane is in both of the Vita games. No, no, no. Only, only Estival versus. Uh, but you can, you can also get, uh, Kasumi's kimono outfit. That's cool. Uh, and then a bunch of Eco Tucson girls are in Estival versus. I don't know what Eco Tucson is. Uh, Ikitosan? Possibly. Yeah. That's an anime series that's. Very similar in the visual stylings of this game series. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, and actually, I think that might be it for crossovers in Estival. Oh, I'd have to turn on the game. But what's, what annoys me about the guest characters is, is they don't transform. All their stats are set. Uh, so playing with them is kind of pointless. Hmm. There's also uh, one legendary character in each of the two main schools from the beginning of the story... Uh, I think their name's Daidoji, who's... Oh, yeah. She's, like, consistently... she They, they consider her, like, the legendary dropout. Like, she keeps redoing the, the final <laughs> year endlessly because she's obsessed with being the, the greatest, uh, strongest character in the history of the school. So she doesn't let herself right. pass so that she can retake the final exams and essentially improve herself. So she is unbelievably strong, but has never actually gra- actually graduated Whereas right. you're the newbies in this school, you come up through the ranks of the classes and you graduate beyond her official recognized level. Um, and then there is and her rival Rin, Rin. is the uh, is she the headmaster. The, I believe that she's the headmaster of Habijo. Before and then after Habijo collapses, she joins the Hanzo girls just because Daijoji is there and their buddies. Mm. So, like mechanically, like playing the, the beat 'em up parts of the game, like are they are they hard? Are they what, like 
compared to other sort of games in the same genre, how do they stack up? Do you reckon like are they just as good or if not better than like some of the better beat 'em ups out there? Because like the beat 'em up genre as well is sort of like I don't know. People sort of a bit bored of them too. They get... It's better than Double Dragon, but maybe not as deep as Warriors games. Given that you can level up and you can improve your own abilities and HP and everything like that, really it's as only true, as difficult yeah. as the amount of rushing that you intend to do. If you're willing mm. to take the time and replay levels and, and build up your characters, then you're not going to have too much challenge. Yeah. The Ultimately, the, the main challenge of the game is if you want to unlock everything, yeah. uh, if you're a completionist and you want to see the best... Uh, Stats for every character. See, there are, I, I believe, there's a few unlockable missions towards the end of the game if you've maxed out the stats of all the girls, yes. things like that. Yeah. So, the more you put into the game, the more you'll get out of it, generally. Um, I remember I spent a couple of having, months. Having said that, I will say that, having said that, I will say that the Vita games, especially, are unbelievably repetitious. Mm. Just brutally repetitious. Uh, whereas Deep Crimson, is probably the best from a gameplay perspective because you're actually fighting different kinds of mad guys and there's different environments that you go to and uh, you really have to utilize the special attacks in a kind of strategic way. And there's two player, not, well, there's two player, multiplayer, but there's also, uh, you can take two characters into every mission and swap between them. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's nice. So, but like the the main like, because you guys spoke a little fair bit about the story and the characters and stuff. You, you'd say that's probably like the main draw. Like once you sort of get involved with the story, you, you know, it's that sort of the thing you really want to see more of. Generally, I would agree with that. Like you want to see what happens in the story. You want to see where where the uh, uh, the battles between the two the the various girls go. Who survives through to the end? I mean. The spoilers, they usually all survive, but there are quite dramatic <laughs> moments in the series where mm-hmm. something's building up and then something unexpected happens or someone gets killed off and, and it is genuinely shocking because you're not expecting it in what yeah. initially appears to be such a lighthearted game series. Right. Mm. So, I guess... And the bosses are really, really cool in Deep Crimson. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the, the Yoma characters, yeah. Yeah. They get... Uh, perpetually more crazy. <laughs> I like how everything's still sort of set, even though it goes a bit crazy and a bit modern, it's all still set in traditional Japanese uh, scenarios. All the, the Yoma characters are actual Japanese demons of folklore. There's like oh, the, the Oni girl and there's the... I, I think there's Tengu flying demon girls and stuff like that. Um, even the the abilities that the girls use and uh, the the skills that they have and everything like that all still ties in with uh, essentially tropes of of ninjutsu in Japan, but it all still has a grounding in in actual history. Um, I remember the even watching a there was a series. I think it was Gaijin Gumba explained that there was a, a certain uh, fact of uh, ninja girls in Japan who would use their bodies as distractions in order to complete their assassinations. Yeah. And they're like, so, uh, essentially the, the series or the characters in the series aren't that unrealistic. It's just a modernized take on them. They're, they're ninjas. They're still practicing the old arts, but they're in modern day times. Yeah. 
That's cool. Mm. So, looking ahead to the Switch game, do, what do we know about that game? Like, is there anything really been revealed aside from that small pudding. part in the direct? That's what we know about the game, pudding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I think he's hinted that it's going to go more towards the visual novel aspect of the series, right. but really don't have any do you, real information. Do you have any control over the story or like conversations in the games that have come out already? Generally, no. no. Uh, so, okay, maybe they'll throw that in, like a bit of a, you know, that sort of... Maybe branching paths, depending branching on... Branching paths and stuff, yeah. Who you choose mm. to save or... Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, just like with the the original inspiration, seeing what uh, stereoscopic, uh, stereoscopic 3D can do, I'm pretty sure that the the new game was immediately set upon on the Switch when he learned about the 3D rumble, and that's oh yes, that's mentioned explicitly in the uh, the little demo video that's been on the the Japanese eShop. <laughs> And uh, to explain for those who don't understand the, the pudding thing, he's actually researching uh, jiggle physics in pudding and uh, a Japanese flan and uh, <laughs> a various food products like that. It's got him wobbling them and feeling, seeing how it feels and how to best incorporate that into the 3D rumble. So I'm not sure how that's... So they can try and mimic what it feels like. Because when you wobble something, you can generally feel that, you know, the slight... Thing on a plate or whatever. Maybe that's what they're yeah. going for. <laughs> so there's, there's definitely going to be secondary motion felt in the Switch game. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least at least there's going to be one third party making use of that feature. <laughs> I mean, I wish, I wish more uh, companies would... I guess there has been a, a fair few games that have used HD Rumble, but I really really like it when they use it like noticeably, heavily. Like some of the... Effect- yeah, use it for more than just general Rumble. It's fantastic in Shantae. Oh, oh is it? I haven't. I don't have it on Switch. Uh, I was kind of disappointed. I'll get it on Switch. Mario Kart. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> oh, it's not? Oh, it, it is, but it's not that like noticeable. Like, I think oh. I was expecting, like, you're going to feel the different surfaces of the roads underneath the, <laughs> the controller oh, and that'd stuff. Be cool. But, yeah, it's nothing like that. No, I haven't gotten that game either. <laughs> I should, uh, but I don't have it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Switch game. I, I just, I just would like more information on what it's going to be. Mm. Did they say when it's coming out? Was it next year or just in development? No. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's not even a. I feel like there's never a promise that these games will come here. The mobile games did not. Mm. Hey, uh, and it's it's a minor miracle that Bon Appetit did. It's a minor miracle that any of this game series got localized <laughs> at all, considering the content. Um, well, at this but, God bless Marvelous. At this, mm. at this point, though, like surely the company that's been localizing them, like for the 3DS and stuff, would probably you know do the, the Switch game as well. I mean, wh- why not? If there's a market for it, why wouldn't they bother? Oh yeah, you know? and it's it's been the same team actually who's been localizing all these games, and I know that I've read a couple interviews with people on. Xseed, uh, Xseed's localization team, and they really like the characters, and they know them inside and out now, and I think they should keep doing it. Yeah. I will say that the one big localization change, which is understandable when these games came to the West, is they're no longer high school girls. They're college age. Yeah. 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 Understandable. Yes. I, I think... Yes, it is. <laughs> I think... Um, 
uh, Eska, uh, in particular, es- Eska and Homura, they just don't tell their age in the game now. It's, they just no, they. Omit I don't it. think any of them do. I think they just say like what year they are. Like you can even hear them like they they do a little Jiko Shokai, a little self introduction at the start of the second game, and she's like, "I'm Aska Jurokusai uh, des. I'm I'm sixteen. And uh, oh, really? and the subtitles just skip past that and just throw something else in. <laughs> mm. oh, that's funny, but good. That's good that they do that. <laughs> mm. So um, there was also some comments made by the curator of this, or the guy that was making the games, like in charge, saying that he was thinking about toning down some of the elements or something. Do you guys follow that bit of news? For Western markets, oh, For Western yes. markets only, is it? That's interesting too, I guess. It is. It's, it's I mean, I, I doubt he will. I, I can't imagine any of these games sell well. They're very niche, mm. and I think the people who buy them now know what they're getting. Mm. There's, there's no hiding what do you that, think, Andrew. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as there's a market for the games, they're still going to be doing it, and the the Japanese developers are going to be pushing for everything they can get away with. Granted, there is a lot of undressing females in these games, but there's nothing that's no. outwardly offensive. In, in a way, no. I mean, I think the, the worst of it, uh, I, I think it's your favorite character, Katsuragi Zek. Um, she's a bit of a pervert and she's quite clearly interested in the other female characters. She will, yes. she will grope them at every given opportunity, but it's, it's never, it's intended. never shown. Yeah, it's never actually shown. She just talks about it. There's talking about it, there's sound effects and things like that, like cartoony things. But it's it's all lighthearted. It's never intended to be like oh, there's never any rape situ- situations in the games. There's no demons like setting upon the young lasses like there would be mm. in say anime series and things like that. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, those who who choose to get antsy about this sort of thing, they're, they're gonna be mad at the games because of the way the characters dress to begin with, regardless of what happens in the content of the games. Yeah. Can you imagine this game releasing around, like, the, the like, western video game climate of <laughs> hot coffee? <laughs> My god. Uh, it probably we've, passed we've by... We've come so far. Know, back then, it probably would have passed by without any comment back, back in, like, 2005 or whatever it was. I mean... The climate today is much more heavily scrutinizing uh, different things about games and stuff. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I think that's. I I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I I understand why he would tone it down for a Western release, but at the same time, I don't think the Western releases are high profile enough to warrant toning down. I think there's yeah. a reason the series has remained on handhelds more than than mainline consoles. Yeah, yeah. That's I think it. you got to think about the um, what the goal is. Like, is the goal if you're toning stuff down? What's like? Is the is the point to try and bring in more people that you know might be put off by some of the more risky risque elements, or is it to um, you know just not have any criticism thrown at you? Yeah. Do they have criticism now? Well, I, mean, I, really? I have to assume that there is some. <laughs> you don't really see that much yeah. about it because, like, like you say, the game is quite niche. Like the series and yeah, I don't know. I, mm. I I should look. I should look into that. I I just feel like these games. Like I am probably 
It's probably not true, but I feel like I'm the only guy in Alaska who knows this game exists <laughs> uh, or this series exists. And whenever I go to PAX, I'll get like one street pass for Deep Crimson. And I think it's been the same guy the last two years. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a... It's, it's not a well-regarded series yeah. for its content, yeah. which is kind of bullshit, but it's also not, it's, it's not lighting up the charts. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I can, I can see why you do it, but I can also see why doing it would be pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your, who's your waifu there, uh, Andrew? I like he. Mine is not Katsurugi, but who's yours? I like Hikage. Okay. She's no, knife girl. No bullshit knife girl. Uh, she's, she's <laughs> tough. Um. Uh, coming out of her shell sort of storyline appeals to me. She's like, she keeps to herself. She's like, uh, super violent, super cold. But then like by the end of the series, she realizes that she does value her friends and she doesn't know how to feel for herself. It's, it gels with some things that I've gone through in my life, I guess. Oh, hmm. uh, my current waifu is kind of a tie between Yumi and Shiki. Shiki because I really like Elvira. Ah. So so Yumi's the the ice girl. Sh- mm-hmm. Shiki is also from the same game? Yes, Shiki is the girl with the uh uh scythe. Okay. And if you have not played the Vita games, then you don't know who she is, but she's she's dressed in basically you know who Elvira is, right? Yeah. Okay, she's basically dressed in an Elvira costume, uh and she has a a hat with giant bat wings, and she has a gigantic double-bladed scythe. So she's sort of like monster-themed girl? Yes, actually, that's probably true, because most of her special attacks involve her uh, hat turning into a bunch of bats and attacking the enemies. Hmm. So is she a vampire, or...? No, she's just a valley girl. Wow. (laughs) She uh, grew up rich, and uh, she likes to blog, and uh, she can transport to teleport herself by turning into a blood mist. Right. You know, Chunibyo. That's something you learn in. That's something you learn in school. Hmm. <laughs> I I can see with her outfit. I'm googling it now. I can see why that's a favorite. <laughs> uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. She needs a figure. She needs one real bad. Hmm. Okay. But, uh, so um yeah. <laughs> Nick, I, I re- Nick, I recommend at least do you have a Vita? No. And no. Okay. Do you have a three D you have a three DS? Yeah. yeah. I recommend Deep I recommend Deep Crimson. If you wanna try if you want to get your feet wet on this series, Deep Crimson is probably the best of the three DS games. Mm-hmm. It it does have much more content than the first game. Um yeah, it's it's always on sale on the eShop every couple of months. God, that's true, They're, they're yeah. trying to spread the word. Okay, well, that's a good recommendation if anyone's uh, thinking of trying out the series. Um, so yeah, Don't any... be ashamed. <laughs> Is there any <laughs> closing thoughts before we wrap up here? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's... Go ahead, Andrew. It's one of those series that you, you know what you're getting into when you get into the game... If you like that sort of stuff, if you like anime characters, if you like beat-em-ups, if you like generally fun but mindless, like, platforming style, I suppose side-scrolling, platforming, beat-em-up, uh, there's a bit of shooting involved, things like that, 
get into the game. It's there's no harm. You're not hurting anyone. Uh, those reviewers who who naysay the game are usually the ones that naysay it based on the content alone, just from the art style of the games and the the opening cutscenes and things like that. If you actually play the game, you'll find there's quite a lot of depth and quite a lot of uh, the, the characters are all likable in their own way. There's no truly sexualized characters in the series, I would say. That's that is bizarrely true. Mm. Uh, I kind of see this series a little bit like the Shantae series in that it's all cheesecake. The gameplay is not top tier. Uh, but, but the story and the writing keep you coming back. Uh, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's good, clean fun. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when there's, uh, cooking and cream Listen, involved. Listen, you could, you could be, you could be shooting prostitutes in Grand Theft Auto, or you could be, you know, slicing up, uh, Ninja Girls. Robots, I guess, or Yoma. Yeah, they they Goodness. fight for I do their think friends. I do think it's they do. I do think it's ridiculous that the, these girls all have incredibly dangerous weapons and they are killing each other all the time, but nobody gets a scratch. <laughs> Just their clothes. Just their clothes. That's right. <laughs> Ninja powers. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just like Soul Calibur. <laughs> Alrighty then, so yeah, thanks guys for coming on and chatting about the Senran series. Um, it's been good talking to you guys again. Yeah. Yeah, you too, man. Likewise. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, yeah, after our, you know, we've been trying to do this for like three or four weeks now, I think, but we got there in the end, so <laughs> yay. Well, we'll have to do this again once uh, the Switch game comes out. Yeah, see how the HD rumble stacks up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, if anyone uh, has any questions or comments for connectivity, you can send them to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com or you could just throw it in the, the talkback thread to this episode and we'll see it there. So yeah, thanks again everyone for listening and until next time, bye. bye. Toodles!
Kiev.